0: Hello gamers from around the world, this is Boxenberger, the video game enthusiast from Germany and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of the world of gaming Your number one podcast where we discuss everything that the world of gaming has to offer. Games, news, technology, and we basically go through everything that happened over the course of this week. And as always, I want to remind everyone in the beginning that this podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the good stuff. So if you want to listen after the fact, you can do that not just here on YouTube, but also via a podcast service of your convenience. And for those who do listen audio only, I always recommend to check this show also out on YouTube because we have an awesome live chat here each and every Thursday with the best community. And I already see a lot of familiar names here in chat. Welcome to you guys. But I also want to welcome this week's special guest, um, John Clarke from Xbox Era, co-founder Yeah, Yeah. he's the co-founder of and editor-in-chief at Xbox Era, co-host of the Xbox Era podcast, Patreon of the book Celebrating 20 Years of Xbox, and one lucky guy, because he gets to interview (laughs) Phil Spencer himself in only a couple of days Uh, for the 100th episode. Well,
1: we've actually already interviewed Phil. Uh, and I oh. say interview. Let me let me let me set some expectations on that. And first of all, yeah. thank you for having me. Um, I've got to You're admit welcome. that was one slick intro. I'm going to need to like get some <laughs> pointers off you. You covered all the bases. I usually <laughs> forget all this stuff. You know, the like and subscribe is about as far as I go. So um, kudos. But yeah, Phil. Phil uh, we we met with Phil, Nick, and I earlier this week. Um, okay, with Jesse and Tow. Uh, it's a pre-recorded segment i would not describe it as an interview this was more phil uh seizing the opportunity to congratulate the xbox era team on 100 episodes so he he came All in right. and hung out for about you know 10 15 minutes something like that so but that will be in the episode this saturday which is really cool yeah. i mean it was what, which a, is, what a privilege which is,
0: absolutely absolutely and big congratulations also to making it to 100 episodes um <laughs> well deserved <laughs> how are you feeling about this uh it, it's 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 kind of cruel cool. like
1: you know nick and i uh started this because he he had the xbox Series discord it had been around for a while which is obviously spawned off of Rosetera. um yeah. and i was in this OT on Resetta saying, oh, anyone fancy doing a podcast? And he reached out and we connected. And then, you know, we said, oh, we've got to have a website for it. And then I was like, no, let's go big or go home. And so we went big. <laughs> and now two years later, a hundred episodes in, um, I mean, the growth we've seen in terms of, of viewership and, and the maturity of the site and launching our own community forum. The fact that Phil is a a member of that forum, reads that forum for feedback yeah um interacts with the community posts it, it's it's something that we did not plan for um it's extremely humbling to to kind of be given the the opportunity to help uh, guide the community in this way and provide a platform for everybody to come together um and uh, you know I've said it before on, on many other shows in many other formats but the, the Xbox community is one of the best because of the way everybody you know from content creators to podcasters to you know youtubers everything that you can imagine the whole smorgasbord even the journalists are helping lift each other up um and 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 giving everybody uh, you know the sort of push that they want or need and it's like that rising tide lifts all boats and i feel like it's just a it's a really great community to be a part of and i'm super proud that we're giving a place to go and chat about things so yeah, it's, it's really cool yeah. and, and appreciate you inviting me on. It's really
0: nice to be here. <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be here today. And yeah, you said it so well, this is, is the awesome part about this community. And it is something that also surprised me when I started uh, doing content, um, that, that. In this Xbox community, people don't see you as competition, but as, as, as a partner to, yep. to, we help each other out. We talk, um beyond the stages and in the dms and everything and people just help each other out and that is like you said is so so awesome about this community and again big congratulations for this big milestone on xbox uh, era you. this is well deserved um fantastic site you have over there a great community and a, and a fantastic podcast i usually listen to it every monday morning uh cool. that's my so <laughs> by my, I, I, uh, drive by bike to my work uh, oh, on nice. Mondays, and that's always when when I listen to <laughs> you and Nick. And so I'm I'm excited to have you on here today, and we have some awesome uh, things to talk about today. Uh, we will talk, of course, about Microsoft being the highest rated publisher in 2021. We will talk about a new Xbox codename that has been spotted. Um, we will talk mm-hmm. briefly about the state of play, the chip shortage. We have some updates on that. Um, XCloud. Perfect Dark, Redfall, there's so much going on. Even though the big news are missing, um, there's still a lot to talk about. So um, I can't wait to do that with you today. And before we do that, uh, I want to start this show always with the talk about the games that actually came out and that we play. I need more jingles
1: in my life. <laughs> I'll, I'll make you some. <laughs> you just hit me up. <laughs> okay. I need more of this. Like I need a soundtrack to go on. I'm walking around, just like speeding up or something like. <laughs> yes, games.
0: Yeah. those those wonderful things games. called video games. Yeah. What have you been playing? I I just finished the other day Horizon Forbidden West. Um, so I had a lot of fun with that. Got got a little bit repetitive at the end, but overall, it's a fantastic game. I really enjoyed the story and how they built the world and very pretty. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I had a blast with that. And then I just bought Elden Ring, and um, oh. I'm only two hours in, so <laughs> uh, can't can't really judge yet. Um, I'm usually not a Souls guy, uh, really yeah. not. Um, I, I, a couple of weeks ago, I talked with Chess Corden on this uh, about this on the show. Um, I said I used back really back in the days. I played some of the souls games like Demon Souls and stuff. But when I became a father, I had less time to game. And I just <laughs> I lost goes. the patience. <laughs> so
1: yeah, I, I, it's funny. The FOMO is really getting to me. Yeah, because um, I've, you know, I've had so many people that you know, are not traditionally sales games, but I know, I know who I am in my heart and in my heart, I know that I, it doesn't matter how revolutionary it is in its, in its freedom of its design. It's an open world game. That's huge that I will bounce off of because I just think got the time. So, um, yeah. you know, if, if it arrives on game pass at some point, if someone throws me a disc or a code, I, I'll certainly install it and happily dabble. But, you know, I'm just going to let the FOMO pass me by and try and resist as best I can um, and wow. not worry about it. Um, <laughs> I haven't been playing much beyond that, to be honest. It's been a very, very busy, odd week. Um, a little bit of Halo Infinite because uh, I'd like to get my multiplayer kicks in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a tactical slayer orientated pass this week. And uh, eh, it's not my favorite game type, although I like mangler starts. That's that's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, Finished off the Sea of Thieves stuff. I know they've just launched their new Fort-related content today, so that might go on the docket for tomorrow evening um, if I can get around to getting online. Um, but other than that, I've, I've got Guardians of the Galaxy. That's definitely getting played because oh, I know that arrived on nice. Game Pass yesterday. Yes. Um, you haven't played that? Haven't played it. Yeah. No. Oh. no. <laughs> for, oh,
0: you're in for a treat. You're yeah, in. Yeah.
1: Well, a treat. it was a Square Enix game from a Western developer. Yeah. It was probably going to come to Game Pass i made the right call in waiting it's not going anywhere it's a single player so i'll, I'll definitely play through that i think this this coming week
0: yeah the, I, I, I the guardians of the galaxy game was probably the biggest surprise for me in 2021 i did not expect that this game is actually going to be fun because of the way how they showed it yeah um, it looked awful it, it looked, looked awful, awful and um so i didn't buy it on day one i bought it in a sale at the end of the year and um i had a blast with it the writing is really oh. funny the the combat is good the story is great so you're in excellent. for a treat excellent
1: yeah. no i'm looking forward to it. it's been a while since i've sunk my teeth into a, a really you know lengthy meaty single player game so i'll definitely uh, enjoy that and the soundtrack looks great from the snippets i've seen which is often key for Guardians of the Galaxy kind of title. So, yeah, definitely looking yeah. forward to playing that one. Awesome,
0: awesome. Well, um, so before we move to the de- uh, news of the week, I just want to read a brief super chat from Tron J, who sends in $10. Thank you so much. And, and he says, hey, guys, we should play Elden Ring sometime. By the way, hope Xbox makes a handheld and a streaming stick bundle it together for $400. Yeah, I think we will talk a mm-hmm. bit later in the show what Xbox could or should make. Um, we have that new code name. We will get to that, John TJ. And I agree on Elden Ring. Let me just figure out how to actually play the game. I started <laughs> the first two hours. I had no idea what I did, so I had to read through, um, through a guide uh, from Season Gaming, great guide to to get started uh but yeah i i first need to learn how to play that game before i'm going (laughs) co-op
1: yeah yeah before someone comes in
0: helps you out gotta learn the ropes exactly exactly all right so let's talk about the news of the week
1: see that one's way more jaunty like that that one was more like the other one was like really yeah. like beat driven this that one was kind of like ah, everything's okay it's the news yeah. it's, it's in the news. it's yeah but news.
0: because sometimes the news you you know you never know what what the news brings. <laughs> right? we yeah but we start with some awesome news um microsoft uh, was metacritic's highest rated publisher in 2021 uh, with an average um, score of 87.4. That is not just the highest-rated um, publisher in 2021, but the highest-rated ri- ri- uh, right publisher ever from Metacritic in a single year. They had wow. 10 products published um, by the Xbox Game Studios um, that were reviewed in 2021. Um, five games released over... Ver- different formats and the average meta score again was 87.4 and Blimey. that's and the first time according to metacritic any publisher has reached a score over 85 um since they started that thing 12 years ago wow john
1: that's pretty what, what impressive of
0: this Right? Well,
1: I, I think it's a good indicator of the journey and the path that Microsoft as a as a gaming platform is on, right? Because I think all all Xbox fans, like genuine, <laughs> let's call them X bots, just to get the fanboys yeah. going, right? <laughs> all of those guys, they have been, I think, incredibly patient. You know, uh, especially between sort of twenty sixteen maybe even 2015 to 2018, something like that. When, when up until the one X came out, there was a very much a case of wait for this and wait for E3 and then wait for, you know, Gamescom, and then wait for game awards. And, you know, we've gone from five studios behind that platform to well, following the successful closure of the Activision deal, 30 plus, all focused on making content for this community. And, uh, I did not see that happening, and I don't think anyone else did either, right? And uh, it's a tremendous kind of uh, props to, to Phil and the leadership team Absolutely. at Microsoft for actually realizing that vision. But I think it's also the fact that they had a vision. The Xbox One came in. It did not have a vision that resonated, but they, they really went back to basics and they focused on the things that I think the majority of people that actually play video games and love the medium that it is really care about no gimmicks, no frills, just power and good games. Yeah. And that is starting to pay off. So I wouldn't be surprised if this isn't the first time we will see Microsoft winning and, and having this accolade, having said all that, uh, if you're ever on Twitter posting metacritic differences between two completely <laughs> different games and, and throwing out L's, you yeah. know, go and reassess your life, go touch some grass. That's all I'll say. I'm not, I'm not looking to cause conflict, but you know, one one man's 70 out of 100 is another man's 95 out of 100. Gaming is subjective. Good yeah. games, bad games. There's it always something for everybody. So I don't like the reliance too much on that green box or the amber box or the red box. Um, but regardless, I think it's a really good achievement and an indicator of the quality that Microsoft are now really finally starting to get towards. They're not there yet, but they, they are getting there. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah I'm right there with you um uh, it's no secret. I, I usually am not a fan of Metacritic. Um, like you said, uh, gaming is subjective and uh, at the end the review is always just an opinion of the gay the guy or girl playing the, the the game and it is nothing objective and. Having a Metacritic score um, is kind of um, suggesting that it is an objective thing, yeah. which is it really isn't. Um, I have enjoyed games that had uh, six uh, were in the scored in the sixties, and I had a blast with them. And I really did not like games that are in the nineties. So um, that is subjective. But um, like you said, the having an average score this high. Um, just shows you one thing and that is that xbox not only has games right now and will have also in the future of course but they have actually quality games whether they are for you or not is debatable microsoft flight simulator isn't for everyone but it is a fantastic game um age of empires 4 also not everyone's gem but um it is a um a quality game no arguments there psychonauts halo etc the diversity Um, is
1: important right
0: it is exactly
1: you know without that if everything was an fps if everything was a third person action adventure game you would get bored like and i like the fact that uh, again the, the kind of the great thing about game pass and i think folks need to realize microsoft know they're in a lull right Uh, yeah i'm seeing i'm seeing that i'm seeing it on twitter you know microsoft poking with a stick do something you know okay they did just announce an activision acquisition of 70 billion dollars i know that was only like last month but big whoop (laughs) you know like like people just have very short-term memory it's always about the latest game that's out and microsoft are gonna have to pad the next you know three four months with game pass deals and things like that because yeah the, the content pipelines and pandemics and everything else just hasn't quite aligned but you know this is is i mean it's reality at this point and i you know i mentioned earlier wait for 3 like that became a meme but this is the last time i think that we're going to have to wait and you know I, I'll, I'll drop a tease maybe maybe phil mentions a bit of that you know, but talks <laughs> a little bit about some of some of this stuff. If memory serves, I can't remember if it was on there or off, yeah, but you know, just about that kind of cadence. And I know we, we chatted about with Jeff Grubb last week actually, and maybe that's what I'm remembering, but it, it is a case that the, the content creators are now there and lined up that it's just waiting for that cadence to roll in and then yeah, yeah big qu- big game every quarter. Let's go. <laughs> this yeah, conversation but, I mean, will be a thing of the past
0: absolutely absolutely like you said earlier they have now after activision 35 studios really no actually nobody knows exactly because there are a lot of support studios also coming in and usually do you count them do you don't count them yeah it's something like that um so that means that there are 50 plus games in the making um at the uh, under the xbox umbrella even if you average uh, four to five year development cycle to each each of that game that means that we will get like what seven eight nine games each year um it it boggles the mind sir it boggles the mind exactly exactly so i'm i'm with you um i i still think um and we will talk about that probably also a little bit later in, uh, in, in regards to another topic. But um, uh, co- the communication uh, in terms of games is is only to, to have one uh, event a year is, is not enough. If you have that many games, I think they could do a better job by having smaller events um, over the year, two, three other events, um, but smaller things. But still, um, like you said, there were big news at the beginning of the year. They blew everyone's socks off. And now, only yeah. a few weeks later, everyone <laughs> complains about not getting uh, the news. Um, still, Microsoft has a full, uh, really full pipeline, and it's exciting. Um, and that Metacritic score just shows you that Yeah, it's, it's not just about the amount. It's also about the quality, and that is what I appreciate.
1: Quality and diversity all the way, and uh, yeah. this won't be the first time I think we'll see that that report I have Microsoft at the top going forward. Interesting Agreed. times. Who'd have thunk it?
0: Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Listen, another thing happened this week, um, and this comes f- f- with courtesy from Idle Sloth on Twitter. Uh, he discovered um, a Xbox codename, a new Xbox mm. codename, uh, Xbox Keystone. Just just to to remind ourselves, what were other code names? Xbox One was na- code named Durango. Yep. Xbox Series X was Scarlet. and now um, in a database um, that serves um, f- that that powers Azure, somewhere Azure related, um, they discovered another code name that is Xbox Keystone. So. I wanna ask you, John, what do you think? What is Xbox Keystone? Is it an X Cloud device, a mid-gen refresh, a native handheld? What is it? And what do you think it should be?
1: Well, I mean, we've heard we've heard previous rumors they were definitely working on some sort of uh you know fire stick like um yeah cloud device right that is just purely running game pass on cloud and you just Bluetooth your pad to it and and that's that plugs in the back of your tv um could that be this device yeah um you know i've heard a lot of talk about handhelds um i'm of the opinion personally uh, that it, it would be a detriment to microsoft to create a third fourth or fifth configuration of hardware to go and support mm. you know i'm trying to sit there think og fat xbox one xbox one s <laughs> xbox one x xbox series s xbox series x and then you chuck a handheld on top
0: although um, you can argue that they are dropping uh the last gen consoles from now on out every game that comes out from now going forward is next gen or current gen only that's true that's
1: true so you could
0: argue that but um
1: yeah, y- yeah just it, it just They've gone on about how cloud gaming and playing playing games on a device that you've got, you know, that exists yeah. already in your pocket is is an additive to this experience. And, you know, if I look at it big picture for a while, you know, we were just talking about the pipeline and how it took so long for, for Microsoft to grease the wheels and get to the point where, you know, the second half of 2022 and then into 2023, it's just going to be nuts. Yeah. Do we really picture them wanting to add another spanner in those works. Oh, can you also make sure your are run on this? And I've heard arguments saying, oh, maybe it's a shrunk down series S and I'm like, yeah, maybe, but I, I just don't see it. You know, it, it feels like the wrong message. It feels counterintuitive to everything that they've said thus far. Having said all that, you know, we've seen the great success of the steam deck. We've seen the tremendous unstoppable success of the Nintendo switch. You know, just like Connect was was um, you know riffing off of the the family friendly uh, accessibility of the Wii, you know how Sony's move did the same. Is this that counterbalance to try and capture some of those markets where people just want to take the games on the go and that device can run some titles natively and some titles via cloud or a mixture of the two? Maybe um, I, I would be would be remiss of me to to say definitively one way or the other but um i'm not necessarily knocking them down i just feel like it doesn't gel with their current messaging to actually be making Mm -hmm. a handheld i think it's more likely that it's the cloud uh cloud-based streaming stick stick. yeah
0: yeah what do you think um yeah i've been also thinking about this a lot um i'm kind of with you on the handheld device um I, i would love one just for me personally to be able to play natively on a handheld device but i agree with you that uh, Microsoft probably doesn't want to make it more complicated for developers than it already is. They have to uh, make the PC builds, the Xbox Series S X builds, and the cloud builds, and somehow always have to op- they always have to optimize that. And um, I, I think Microsoft is is leaning towards this. What you said, we all have have a screen where you can play it, and they will definitely invest more in that. Is it the stick? I'm also not so really sure. Um, I know that it is rumored, um, but they also work with a lot of TV suppliers to have native apps on yeah. there. So here's my thoughts. Um, I think it is a slim, an Xbox Series X slim. And here's why. We are still dealing with the chip shortage globally and a great way for um, Xbox to increase the amount of produced Series X would be to shrink the die size down. And every 18 months, we um, we, we can basically reduce the um, amount of silicon required to build a certain chip by 50%. That's Moore's law. And um, that's why usually they do these slim versions because they can shrink simply the silicon down Usually yeah, it's a cost-driven issue, yeah. Bring the cost down and sell it to us at still at the regular price, and then of course, um of course. <laughs> it's 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 cool, but in this case, um I think um, it is in their own interest to really move um towards smaller die sizes, and with that, of course, to an Xbox series um slim. Um, so that, that's basically what goes through my mind
1: yeah i I don't know i think there's a part of me that thinks it's a little too early for us for a slim like because of the chip shortage i'm almost like you know is that going to just alienate audiences if it's the same in terms of power and output but it's smaller than the 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 black box is
0: is that yeah that's that's i don't know good point (laughs) i mean but on the other hand the the series x and s uh, turn two this year we don't know whether whether and when um, Xbox Keystone come out. And it's not um, that uncommon that after three years, you get uh, the first iteration. Now, look at the last gen. The PS4 yeah. Pro came out three years after launch of the PS4. Um, and in this case, we are not talking about an enhanced console, just a, a slim console. Um, Especially yeah, with that in mind, so this is this is what goes through my mind. But I want to hear from the chat. What do you guys think? I will put a poll in there. I want to hear from the from the chat. Um, what what do you guys think? Um, the name Keystone but, is is interesting. Keystone, yeah. you know, like that
1: the cornerstone. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that, that name is quite evocative. Because it's like, oh, the, the linchpin, of, if it was Operation Linchpin, you'd be like, oh, it's the, the keystone of the operation. It's got to happen, otherwise nothing else succeeds. So maybe that's why the name's there. So it does it does cause a certain amount of intrigue. You know, like the Series S was a gamble that Microsoft took that initially everyone was against, but I think has proven itself to be fine because, yeah, most people don't really actually care, especially if they're kids, what resolution their games are running at um yeah. or or how pretty it is you know just say it runs well and works and is fast yeah. then they're happy and, it, and for 250 quid in the uk yeah it's a no-brainer it's, it's, a game a, pass it's actually box. a
0: no-brainer yeah i have a lot of friends actually that are usually more playstation guys because you know here in germany the playstation dominance is brain <laughs> supreme is yeah <laughs> insane um and especially with the value of game pass and uh just a few weeks ago, the Series S actually was on sale for two nine uh, euros uh, euros here, um, which is is really a bargain um, in combination with Game Pass. Um, and I, I know a, a few people that that just use it now, um, and they all hook it up to a monitor, so they PC monitor, but yeah, usually ten eighty p, fourteen forty p, it's perfect. It's a perfect match.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think a lot of people are doing that. Like my little boy's got my old series, uh, old series, damn you, Microsoft naming conventions, my old Xbox one X. And, uh, I was up there with him and it was going, you know, it was like jet engine and it's struggling to run things like (laughs) Minecraft. And I'm like, God, I, you know, I've been spoiled by these silent whisper, quiet, super fast SSD machines. And I'm like, I've got to get you a little series S mate like i've got one in here i've got my series x out in in the front room because i've got the the better supporting telly out there for it but Mm -hmm. yeah i I think i'm gonna have to invest maybe i'll get just another series x and give him this series S. don't know i'll figure out a way i'll find a way to make it all possible
0: yeah yeah I'm, i'm thinking actually about a series s in the living room um because I usually play it down here in the basement in my man cave, and also I come here down with my kids, of course, uh, because all the consoles are here. We have a good setup there, um, but it's something different to actually game in the in the living room. Um, so yeah, yeah. Let me uh, briefly go on. Um, yeah, yeah, I, briefly... I saw the
1: super chat coming.
0: Yeah, exactly. I just want to catch up on a couple of the super chats because they are topic related, and I wanna to, wanna. To... <laughs> mention them right now. J sends in another $5 and says, "Uh, it can't be a refresh because it's hard already to get a Series X alone. It's probably what I suggested. Yeah, I I don't think it's a refresh um, in in the terms of it's a Series X Pro or something. We are definitely um, too early in the generation for that. Um, But again... The slim would only make sense and help in the chip shortage. So we shall see. Dave Ramos sends in $5 and says, Keystone definition, central stone at the summit of an arc. Does not sound like a size reduction. Instead, a last piece to a large plan.
1: Yeah, uh, the name itself is very, very interesting. Key Definitely sounds sounds important. And I'm very curious as to what it's going to end up being. Maybe we'll yeah. find out in, in the, whatever the E3 we get this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They said they have um, a lot of news for this year planned that are not just uh, game announcements. So, mm. yeah, interesting. definitely interesting. Interesting. <laughs> so let's look at the poll in the chat. Uh, what do does the chat think? Uh, the Xbox Keystone will be. Um, nineteen percent say it's a handheld, sixty-nine percent say it's the streaming stick, nice. only eight percent think it's the enhanced console, and only four percent agree with my suggestion it's a slim console. <laughs> uh, just close. No, I <laughs> yeah, it's definitely interesting. Um and I mean the, it, it the the Xbox hardware team is there um, and they have to be working on something so um well they're not just sitting around and doing nothing for years so it's it's worth
1: mentioning that console design new hardware design usually starts five years before you see it actually for yeah. the first time so it's very possible that Keystone is, the console plan for 2028 you know we don't know yeah. um we'll find out we'll find out together but I think it. that the, the chip shortage is going to have made a difference to whatever those plans are going yeah. to be you know just like look at the switch you know there were all these switch pro rumors and then all that got announced was an OLED refresh but then you know those pro rumors have started bubbling up again because we've seen an Nvidia leak that suggests they're working on a, an updated chipset yeah. um so, oh, maybe that is the case and it's just the facts of pandemics and, and chip shortages and all of this sort of stuff has culminated to this general kind of like, oh, everyone hedging their bets somewhat because it's a risk to go out and pump out new tech and then be like, oh, no one can buy it because we can't make enough of it or, you know, the economy's gone terrible, which it has. You know, everything everything is very tenuous right now if you're making a product. So um, I think there's probably some hedge betting going on.
0: Uh, I couldn't agree more. And while we are on this topic, uh, there is actually an update on the chip shortage situation, and this comes actually from um, TSMC's vice president. Now, I hope I don't butcher the name. Wang Chiang Mai or or something like that. I I (laughs) apologize. Close enough, close enough. (laughs) TSMC is the Taiwanese semiconductor manufacturing company, and it's the company that manufactures all the chips for AMD. And with that, also, uh, all the consoles. Um, Actually, I've been there years ago, many years ago, uh, when the Xbox One was still uh, in production. And um, I've seen that line where they made that chip. uh, That was like eight years ago, nine years ago. Anyways, she says... (laughs) Yeah, we're getting old. (laughs) She says um, that... the. She expects that the chip shortage is continuing for multiple years. She's not expecting uh, any changes before 2025 or
1: 2026. Blimey. That doesn't sound great, does it? No.
0: <laughs> and I think this is uh, goes very well in line with what you just said. Um, it's uh, probably Xbox sony they all had that that plan for slim consoles mid-gen refresh whatever but a lot is changing not just because of this uh, shortage now we have also a lot of other things like the pandemic and of course now um the the entire um situation globally um that will affect a lot of of things and i also think that a lot of plants are now being moved um yeah, it's got be, you, they've got
1: to. They've got to be ready to keep things fluid, right? They've got to be able yeah. to bend with with all of these market pressures that everybody's kind of facing. So um, either way, I think we're you know it's it's without a doubt the most interesting generation, probably because of all of yeah. these challenges and hurdles. Um, and it's definitely given Microsoft a real chance to make a difference because of the, the uniqueness of the series S value proposition. Um, I bet there are a lot of people that are very glad because when we, do you remember right before the launch, there was a, will they, won't they? No, of yeah. course they won't. Oh, it's going to hold the generation back. And it's proven that it's, it's not really because yeah. it's the same stuff. It's just tweaks down. Um, yeah. and yeah, I'm very glad that they did it. I think it's a really good way to, to, get more people playing the Xbox games that are out there and and having a bigger and wider
0: community. Absolutely. Um, It is a fantastic entry point. Um, It is also, especially when you consider the casual gaming market, uh, a fantastic product. And um, we've seen that it's not holding anything back. i've said that actually uh, before the launch in a couple of videos i did um that if one thing is holding game development that back then it's always the lowest common denominator and that is in, in this case uh, always the minimum specs of the pc versions of these games yeah so <laughs> that's what <laughs> what is holding anything back and yeah, not the series all about set. scale all about absolutely scale. absolutely all right um good talk good talk um Listen, um, I have John from Xbox era on, and one day prior to that, State of Play happens. <laughs> so uh, I want to briefly touch on this. Do you do you have a PlayStation, by the way? I actually don't know. I don't. I don't have a PlayStation. You know, uh,
1: it, it's it's one of these things. I mean, and you mentioned it earlier when, when we when we grow older and we have kids, we find we have less yeah. and less time. Um, so I, I'm very much in the in the PC and Xbox and the dabbling in VR camp. Um, we've got switches here in the house as well. Um, but the, the PlayStation, the thing is, is that more and more of the games that come out for PlayStation, particularly are, especially their AAA stuff is focused on these really lengthy, arguably all verging into this guided yeah. to open world, third person action adventure game. And I, I, I used to love that genre but the older I've got, <laughs> the more grumpy I've got, the less time I've had. I've started to love, um, and you'll, you'll find this in terms of what I usually end up reviewing as well, is I love games that try and use the medium in a way that is entirely unique, right? And and you could, someone would say, oh, John, The Last of Us 2 is this cinematic masterpiece that, and I'm like, "It's it's, it's a film as a game right that's just my opinion i haven't played it right so i can't it's just when i look at it from an outward perspective i'm like it is it's telling a story through a game and there's ways to do that but if the majority of it is cutscene based it doesn't hold a huge amount of personal interest for me because the interest for me in the medium is its interactivity where i'm i'm driving the story forward personally not watching events play out with qtes to define my actions but it's my choices and there are games that I think, uh, are hugely unique that do that kind of thing. You know, like Nick and I often harp on about Bioshock, you know, that would you kindly moment. That is a normal game, doing normal things, but then it's using the facts of how game design works. Go here, do this, go here, do this. And then, Mm -hmm. boom, throwing you this plot twist just via the narrative that was mind-blowing for everybody at the time. Um, things like Batman, I think it was Arkham Asylum, the first one where the game looked like it crashed and you kind of freaked out and then it was like, oh no, it's the game playing around with the medium. Uh, Two brothers, Taylor, two sons, where it uses the control scheme to push that emotion up when you realize Mm. that you're controlling both. All of those kind of little things are the games that kind of speak to me nowadays. So I often review smaller indie titles that try and do something a little bit different like Genesis Noir and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah it's I, I love I love the things that games can let us feel, and that's usually the focus of my kind of uh, time and effort, as well as obviously uh, trying to guide the ship uh, of Xbox <laughs> Era through the through the waves of the internet.
0: It does take away a lot of gaming time. I can imagine. Yeah, <laughs> I, I only have a small YouTube channel, and still uh, already that takes a lot of time doing a video each week, doing the podcast each week. Um, Guesting, it's, of course, on other podcasts, oh, it takes bad. away a lot of time. Um, it's,
1: it's all about the team, like, and I, I've yeah. got the utmost respect, you know, to, to folks like you that try and do all of these different things solo, like completely on your own. Like I look at Season Gaming, uh, and yes, they've got a team, but they're, they're a small team, and yeah, they're covering trying to cover every platform. Similar yeah. for the Iron Lords, and I'm like, man, we're just covering Xbox, and there's a fair few of us, but we are rammed all of the time. I just don't know. <laughs> how people do it. So I have to give a yeah. mad props to the folks actually behind the scenes at Xbox era that are often unsung heroes. Um, because without them, the, the dream isn't realized. Nick and I are lucky. We get to be the ugly, well, maybe in my case, ugly faces of it. Nick's quite uh-huh. handsome, isn't he? Nick's quite a handsome fellow and he knows it as well. you?
0: Um, you? <laughs> Battery
1: will get you everywhere, my friend, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenge. It is a challenge.
0: Yeah, it is it is definitely. Okay, so you probably didn't pay too much attention to the state of play yesterday. Um let me run you through it uh, briefly because um there have actually been zero Sony games. Um it was mainly carried by Square Enix games yeah. and uh, four or an Xbox game or a Microsoft game better <laughs> said. Um so they have shown forspoken got a new trailer. Um Square Enix announced an action RPG, uh Val- Valkyrie Elysium, Capcom announced a new dinosaur game. It's not Dino Crisis. Um sorry, John. Yeah. I've seen the 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 community's favorite um is actually in a, li- a line with my favorite showing and that is the Turtles collection. There's a Kawabanga uh, <laughs> collection. Yeah, I'm
1: very happy to have seen that. Yeah. um the cowabunga collection I think I've got a great name for it as well it almost sells itself uh um, yeah. I did see a bit on Exo Primal um which isn't obviously the the Dino Crisis that certain folks wanted yeah. um what was interesting was I saw so many people reporting Exo Primal as as PlayStation only and it's not it's it's coming exactly. to the Xbox yeah. too so um yeah you know, I think we had Dio Field Chronicles
0: as well um yes and yeah we had a new trailer for Ghostwire Tokyo
1: Yes, yes, which yeah. we will get to enjoy next year.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one year later, hopefully. Yeah, um, yeah. I, we will all assume that it's a one year uh, timed exclusive, um, but I still have in my head the Final Fantasy VII Remake thing. <laughs> Everyone assumed it's a year. Now we are two years later, and uh, we still have not seen that game on the Xbox platform. So, yeah, yeah. well,
1: it's two years in April. I think
0: in April. Yeah, I think in so April. maybe yeah.
1: you'll suddenly see something appear at that point, or maybe it will come straight to game pass. If I were Microsoft, that's what I would do as a big yeah. apology for not getting exclusivity on it. Um, yeah. I mean, it, there's a whole conversation there around the, 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 the buying of exclusivity of titles, but you know, we'll let it slide. Cause I'll probably end up going on a minor rant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, I, I would love to hear that. I give you my th- thoughts are uh, really briefly explained about this. When I think about uh, the, the whole conversation, does Xbox need more third-party exclusives? I say, actually, no. I want them to spend the money to get more games into Game Pass because I personally, I don't have a benefit from Microsoft keeping a third-party game off of the PlayStation platform or any other platform. I don't have a benefit from that, but I do have a benefit if they bring it to game pass because then i don't have to buy the game so i'd rather have them spend the money on on um game pass day one games for instance um rather than um third-party exclusives so
1: yeah and and hey uh, i completely agree with you on this one um i would rather the investment going to game pass I, and i would argue you know if you look at how games with golds kind of ending up nowadays that yeah. is where the focus is right yeah. they've got a big budget there to to pump And secure content for people that are subscribed but the whole i I, the the rant i have and it's you know there was actually a really great article written by um one of our community members who did a did a post on resetting it and it kind of went on twitter and then went viral um and he he kind of fleshed it out and it's it's really about this this kind of um approach from the media where you remember the backlash to Tomb Raider 2013. Yeah. Uh, not Tomb Raider 2013. Yeah, the, rise the, of the Tomb
0: Raider rise of the 16. Right,
1: that thing, is Microsoft yeah. doing exactly what Sony has done with many, many originally yeah. multi-platform games. And when Sony do it, it's like, oh good for them. Yeah. And I'm like, did I miss a meeting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did something happen and no one tell me why why can we give one reaction to one and it's purely because they're the platform leader it is just accepted mm-hmm. um yeah. and when the lesser favored console at the time did exactly the same thing and you know and arguably was forced by the relentless backlash to be really clear on it and actually you know if you're comparing it to final fantasy 7 and it's Bizarre, like, is it ever gonna come? We don't know because they're not allowed to actually say. They were forced to yeah. kind of like, yeah, okay, guys, it's only a year, chill out. <laughs> um, and I just find that really odd. Um, and I wish the media would kind of be like a little bit more, huh? Maybe we should kind of either treat them all the same or yeah. admit that you know there is a small amount of of bias in, in how we view it because we prefer one platform to another. And to suggest that all journalists are uh, completely objective, I think is a bit of a fallacy. You know, hey, guess what? I run an Xbox platform. Guess where my bias lies, (laughs) right? But equally, it's my job to, when I communicate out or when the team communicates out, to actually say, this is good or this is bad. And we've got to hold the platform to account. That's our role in the community. It's not just to go, ooh, rah, rah, every game's fantastic because how does that serve anyone? And I think that, you know, that then feeds into the whole algorithm of YouTube, right? There's two extremes. You either love it and you lavish praise on it and people who agree with your extreme view go, yeah, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. Or you rip it apart and people who love negativity jump on it and argue with you or agree with you. There's no in between. There's no actual serving you information, and this this whole the way that we consume content and the way that content creators are kind of forced to do clickbait titles in order to get yeah. views, in order to grow, is just a really frustrating world to live in. Um, so this is, sorry. So it's, it's completely yeah. big. There's a big thing about it, in just in terms of the way we all talk about games. I wish we could bring a little bit more maturity to the table, and that's why I love yeah. some of the. Content creators out there, like yourselves, like folks like uh, Season Gaming, who yeah. really try and be like, it's just video games. Let's not take it personally. It yeah. is just a plastic box I bought to entertain me when I'm yeah. bored. That's all it is. It's not going <laughs> to change the world, especially if you're doing surgery. All right, yeah. leave it there. <laughs> leave it there.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I don't think we go into that, but yeah, I agree. Um, no, it's it's very well said. There is definitely. Um, a certain kind of bias out there um and like you said it's it's always related to what brings you the most clicks and for years um playstation has been the more successful platform so it's no surprise that the media leans towards that because that's just where the bigger user base and the more clicks are
1: yep but you look and, and you take note now over the last couple of years how many new xbox podcasts there are yeah. How many new Xbox-focused teams and segments from companies that only ever covered yeah. one platform? Something like, uh-oh, Game Pass is a bit of a game changer and it is quite popular. We better get on board. Yeah. And then you're seeing these pillars of the community kind of having to play catch-up and catch-up to all of this. What have Microsoft been doing? What are these studios? Do I know who yeah. they are and what they're making? As part of the reason that we started Xbox Era was when we looked around the the kind of world that existed 2018, 2019 when we started, it was really frustrating at times. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. There were great ones out there like the Xbox two and, and windows central, yeah. but the majority you'd see these huge games journalists that have been doing it for 20 years and you would hear yeah. them say things and you'd be like, what? Are think you <laughs>
0: paying attention. <laughs> like, yeah. I how mean-
1: do I, how do I, a layman, know more than you about this 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 doesn't you get paid to know more about this i don't know i could rant on forever about it but it's it's one of the reasons we exist um so who am i to complain otherwise i wouldn't
0: be here exactly 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 well said let me just read briefly a super chat coming in from a gamer by choice uh, he sends in five dollars thank you so much and he says it would be funny if sony money had it ghostwire for another year and microsoft was like sure give us the back lol <laughs> 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 oh, man. Can, you yeah. can you imagine can you imagine Yeah, because, well, in 2023, I don't think um, Microsoft really needs another uh, game because that year is going to be crazy for game release.
1: It's going to be stupid crazy. It's It's going to be be uh, stupid crazy. There's so many good things I'm looking forward to that I can't wait to see this year. This E3 is going to be absolute. This E3 is Microsoft laying the table and being like, guess where we're feasting next year, boys and girls. And everyone is going to just be like, okay. And I, yeah, it's going to be one thing to say. I can't wait.
0: Absolutely. It was one of the big headlines. That's a perfect segue uh, that you may build up there. A uh, big segue. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's one of the headlines um, uh, on the different um, media outlets. Uh, this uh, was uh, actually something Jeff crop said on your podcast. Um, and that is that he expects perfect dark to be Mm. shown at e3 and then probably uh being released in 2023 what are your thoughts do you think he's right with that
1: uh it's definitely been in dev for a while um and now that obviously they've had the full full team at uh at crystal dynamics helping out in terms of primary development um you know and, and supporting that effort I think he's right. I think we will see some some gameplay um, at E3. I don't know if we'll see the game. I don't, We won't see the game this year release. I think that is a 2023 game. Um, yeah. But we'll definitely get a teaser and a taster about what they are making. Um, and I've heard all sorts of things um, in terms of what style it is. You know, one of the preliminary kind of overpowering bits I've heard is that it is very um it's trying to modernize or do something a bit different with the fps genre because fps is or fps is right you're just a floating camera with a big gun sticking out of it and you yep. and shoot whereas you know they're trying to do something a little bit more unique so i heard someone say like almost imagine when you're seeing a gopro user yeah,
0: running around, like,
1: yeah like almost very very visual yep. very visceral very i hate that word it's uh, so a classic buzzword <laughs> that is, but very, you know, like almost mirrors edgy style vaulting mm-hmm. and, and movement and, and freedom of, of, of exploration around whatever the games worlds are. Now, I don't know if that's true. That's just what I've heard, but I'm very, very keen. Perfect Dark was one of my favorite games on the N64. I played yeah. the hell out of it. I was very yeah. good at Listen, it.
0: Listen, GoldenEye.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you know, we're, we're, there's rumors of, you know, the GoldenEye remaster GoldenEye eventually Master. coming this year. That would be very nice to see um yeah. so yeah definitely excited to see what perfect Dark ends up being but yeah jeff said he's expecting gameplay at e3 and i don't think he's wrong
0: yeah um i i hope so i mean it's it's 2018 is when they um, founded the initiative so yes. it's four years now and i remember a tweet that is probably a year year and a half uh, old, um, where the um lead concept uh, or artist, or I don't know his exact title, uh, posted a picture of his daughter actually playing the game, um, on yes. Twitter.
1: Yeah, um, so was it true? Was it Drew Murray? He's gone back, yes, to Drew Insomniac. Murray.
0: Thank you. Yeah. yeah, he's going, yeah, he went back to Insomniac now. Um, he posted that picture, but still, that tells you that uh, they had at least um, a certain build uh, up and running one and a half years ago. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised that now, after let's say around about four years, E3 this year is four years for them. Um, yeah, the game is at it. least exactly in a, and that is a brings me up to a question I wanted to ask you over Shoot. the last um. E3s, E3 showcases, the biggest criticism has always been that Microsoft doesn't like to show gameplay. Most of the trailers have been CGI trailers and even in the lead up to the launch of the Xbox Series X, they didn't show much gameplay running on the console. It was actually five days prior to launch when we um, saw Mm -hmm. for the first time Xbox Series X gameplay. Ten days prior to launch, we saw Xbox Series S gameplay. So, do you really think Microsoft is going to change it this year? Um, oh, and... That's a really good question. Uh, so
1: I think there's a couple of reasons you see stuff like that. One is um, if you look at announcements like Fable. Yeah. just or, or even if you look at the Elder Scrolls announcement, right? Elder Scrolls yeah. 6, which isn't necessarily or wasn't at the time a purely Microsoft announcement, but it is now. They didn't show you much beyond the fact we are making this game yes and one of the primary reasons you get things like that it it serves two purposes one it allows you to openly recruit for talent because you can say what you're working on instead of having to interview people under nda and two it lets excuse me just knocking stuff over on my desk it lets (laughs) um it lets the community know that particular genres or ips that they absolutely adore are coming back um yeah. and it gives you a, it gives you a positive pr buzz so i think there's a time and a place for cgi announcement trailers with regards to the specific criticism of of how they launched the series x i get i get the community's reaction on it and i don't want to play you know microsoft events force but when we spoke to jason ronald on the xbox Series podcast uh, a few months back um we talked about what it was like launching this kind of hardware remotely, you know, in a world where this kind of creation of software and hardware is very collaborative and very team driven. And he described it as the dark souls of console launches, (laughs) which I think is just a perfect quote, how ridiculously difficult all of that must have been. And I think what you were seeing was look they're confident, the consoles are coming, but getting all of the bells and whistles in place to be able to capture X, Y, and Z and getting all yeah. the teams to do everything when people are having to upload builds and remotely download builds and then upload code and all of that was just such a hurdle to jump yeah. that the focus was on meeting the end goal than satisfying uh, the the showcases necessary. Um, and when yeah. you can, for want of a better phrase, when you know what the target end result, render resolution will look like, and you can emulate that on a high-end PC, I understand why they would do that. I get that it's not great from a consumer perspective because you're not actually necessarily seeing what you're getting. But if I look back now with the the benefit of hindsight, I didn't see anything that doesn't look what what I've actually ended up with, if that makes sense. Like I didn't see anything on display where I was like, that's never going to happen. Then it's come out mm. and I've been like, see, I was right. It's 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 been in the ballpark, right? So yeah, I think that that's the element to it. But well will they do more cg things yes for stuff that's further out but that they still want to start maybe recruiting for or maybe getting the positive pr buzz but i think much like the the cadence of games is going to change from 2023 onwards we're going to see the style of how they talk to the community i've seen a lot of stuff bubbling and maybe this is the segue right into do they need i don't know if i'm I'm doing i'm doing the job for you do they need different shows um (laughs) I think the content pipeline is all part and parcel with that. Mm-hmm. They will, they will defer and start to change things up because they'll get to a point where there is too much to fit in yes. sensibly into a one and a half hour show. It's just, it's just how it's going to be. And then we can really look forward to a world where every three months we'll see showcases and stuff like that. I mean, I, ugh, I love that. I love that. I'd love to have yeah. that kind of cadence and I'm really looking forward to it when it happens.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I um, I think, Um, Microsoft has had, I mean, let's go back to uh, 2018. Um, That's really when all these studio acquisitions started and then again in 2019 they increased their studio roster to 15 studios and they acquired Bethesda uh, in in 2020 and now they are uh, sitting at 23 studios and now with, of course, Activision um, they are growing beyond 30. And that is a challenge in itself to suddenly double the size of your team to manage all these studios and getting uh, stuff ready. And then they have also had um, issues with showing gameplay simply too early and um, yeah. a lot of backlash on that. Um, I oh, think. Hellblade 2 was a good example where they have shown now uh, at the Game Awards actual gameplay footage um, yep. out of the game. So we know at least what does it look like, what is the camera angles and what what is what what are they going for? I think the, these kind of showings, these like four or five minute um, segments out of a game uh, are perfect to introduce um as gamers to the idea of an, of a game, what does it look like? What is it? Is it, is it, how does it, um, uh, or will it end up, um, in, in terms of gameplay and stuff? Yeah. Will Microsoft take a bit more risks? Um, this year is still something I'm, I'm not really sure. Of course they will show Starfield. Uh, they will show Redfall. Forza Motorsport is also probably a safe bet. Um, but i think what you have said is what they are looking for um these smaller shows 20 30 minute events every three months or so where they can better introduce um uh these gameplay elements and then they will use these big shows so the the big e3 event with cgi trailers and more this um yeah. hype um this is the the roadmap this is the pipeline and then um, give the games the respective um, time, because you, this is also another thing. If you take like ten minutes gameplay segments in an E3 show, you can only show what like six, seven, eight games. Um, yeah. And they, like you said, they simply have too much. So, yeah, I do hope that they will end up with these um three month um cadence for sh- smaller shows where they actually show gameplay. But yeah, they they've done a,
1: they've done an idea at Xbox. They've just announced one for some point in the next coming month, I think. Um, yeah. And I love those because I love smaller indie games anyway. But I, I think that there's a couple of things there as well is that Microsoft, I don't know who's in charge overall <laughs> of the
0: type of marketing that they do for games. But I am I mean that that on top of the marketing aaron they, I no uh, there's actually one guy above aaron um now i'm blanking on the name he used to work for netflix um oh uh, i know who you mean and i'm trying to
1: picture the name uh, uh it will come to me it, like, i'll suddenly shout it out in 20 minutes or something <laughs> regardless yeah. the, the style of trailers that microsoft seems. to always go for are these hugely over-edited text flying at you you know some sort of modern uh, poppy beat to it and i'm like you know it hits me and i'm just in pain i mean it hurts my heart because i don't care (laughs) show me (laughs) 10 minutes of someone just like look at how rockstar do it or yeah uh, or any any kind of like more like i don't want to I know Cyberpunk 2077 didn't launch in the best state, but when they do these walkthroughs of the world and the systems and how you interact, that's the stuff that I would argue is super easy to record. You know, any YouTuber worth his salt would be like, just play through the game and record bits and just narrate. Easy peasy, especially if you're one of the developers that made the stuff or you get someone to write a script. But those kind of videos, hey, we're going to do this. And, you know, whether it's an Xbox direct, whatever, and you have a 10 minute, 15 minute segment where you just do a mission in, in a new game that's coming and you just get a feel for how it's actually going to look and play. That's what I would argue the majority of this audience actually want to see save the poppy trailers with all the text flying at you, showing off features and being cool and trying to be funny, save that for TV, save that for, Mm. for YouTube. Advertis. Yeah. It should not be on the main stage of E3 because gamers are, are the primary audience. And that's not the style of the content that we actually yeah. want. I know I'm generalizing, but I feel that that is pretty close to the mark.
0: I, I agree with you. I almost say give us five, ten minutes of gameplay and let the developer probably talk over it, explain a little bit. Ah, we see here an early mission and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, um, that is the kind of content. With this, we get the feeling, okay, this is how the game plays. This is how it feels. This is what, what I can do in the game. Um, I agree here. Let me read a super chat briefly from Gamers Watch. Five pounds. Thank you so much. They say, uh, by the way, awesome guys. Shout out to to you guys. I love the podcast. I've been on <laughs> on their podcast as well. It's um, an experience. It is an experience. It's something different.
1: <laughs> I love you guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they say, uh, are there any big surprises you expect to see out of E3? My dream scenario is Gear Six on Unreal uh, Five gameplay. Bring shown, bring shown any dream E3 speculation.
1: I, I don't think you'll see. I like you six. go first. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you'll see Gear Six at E3. No. I'm sorry yeah. to burst that bubble. You might see a tease for what their their smaller project is that, that they've been working on. Um. But yeah, Gear Six, I think is is not not really far out because I think the the team at the, the Coalition are, are pretty efficient. But I, I don't yes. think it's coming yet. I do know. I, do I know? I am a firm believer in one surprise, but I'm not going to say it because I've been sworn to secrecy. Um, <laughs> but I'd be very. I think that I think the community would be ecstatic to see it, and I've heard that that it's actually real for once. So. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll leave that yeah. there because I've been, I've been told I'm not allowed to say and when I'm told that I, I follow that Nick's instructions we, we very just, clearly.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. we got to respect that. Uh, and yeah, for me, uh, I would love to see, since since I'm a big RPG fan, um, of course, and I said Starfield is probably already given, uh, would be surprised if that wouldn't be shown. Uh, I want to see Avowed. I want to see Fable. Um, I think both of those games uh, could be in a stage where they are actually able to show something. Let me give you an example. Fable. You know when we had the first rumor of Fable, the Fable reboot, being made?
1: 2018, Eurogamer I think?
0: Uh, Way earlier. Uh, It was in January 2017. We heard that the IP was given to a British studio. Uh, That was the first time. So, that's more than five years now. Um, And I really appreciate them um, taking the time as long as they need, but I think after five years plus uh, in development, um and I mean, of course, a lot of that was pre-development and prototyping and stuff. but um still, it should be that there, there should be something that you can show. So I don't think that's
1: yeah, it's not outside the realms of possibility. I did hear um, that the 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 fable team had some hiccups with technology uh in terms of what they were trying to do with it and obviously i think what i've heard is now that they've settled on forza tech being the engine engine the same engine that you you see powering the open world beauty of uh, forza horizon 5 is what's powering fable um i imagine that some of those hurdles were probably building in rigging systems for for stuff like character animations and things like that and we've seen some elements of that in terms of like the the stuff you can dress your driver tar in and and bits and pieces
0: Um, but it's something different if you need that for an open world rpg um, yeah
1: you're gonna have to build whole new systems into that engine so i imagine that 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 probably caused quite a number of hurdles which would partially explain the lengthy dev time but, hey, uh, I am never going to doubt the the skill of the team at Playground Games. Um, yeah. I love the fact that some ex-line head staffers have ended up there. I love the fact that it's a British studio that is doing it because the humour of Fable was so Monty Python-esque at times that uh, – the idea of giving it to another team that isn't based in the UK to try and emulate that style of humour just wouldn't—it would have rung hollow. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I'm I'm really hopeful, and I know it sounds silly. Like Fables always been quite light-hearted and uh, jovial, and and almost stylistic in its art style. You know, it was never gunning for realism. I'd love to see a, a bright, colourful, but quite gritty realistic take on a fable world but that's just the 37 year old in me speaking instead of the 20 year old that played fable back in the day so i don't know pick pick and choose um but yeah i think i think there's a strong one avowed as well i think you'll probably see it easily um but i don't know i haven't got any confirmation of that it's just what i'm hearing on the grapevine i think jeff similarly felt uh avowed was a strong contender
0: yeah Chess cordon also spoke about this um that that it should be ready to be shown um yeah do you think any surprise releases this year are coming outside of forza forza is is probably motorsport is is probably given this year but are there any other i think think
1: we might have one smaller game that might come in surprise um and it might be the one that i'm not allowed to talk about because because of the nature of what it is it's a subtle Subtle clue there, if someone <laughs> okay. wanted to pick that one apart. Um But I don't know. Uh yeah. Microsoft, I think, always do pull out a surprise. And the one thing I like about their shows is that they they mostly try and stick to, for the for the most part, they'll tell you everything is coming out this year from this point onwards, and then they'll show everything. I love that. Um, yeah. But I do think the primary focus is going to be on Starfield. I think that game, they know they've got something special. I do think we're going to see something from a game that I don't think anyone – would expect to have seen anything on yet. And if you want to know why I think that, tune into the Xbox Zero podcast on Saturday and hear what uh, someone else might have to say about this kind of question.
0: I I might. I I will definitely uh, tune in, and I highly encourage everyone um, to do that that as well. Um, Now you're just teasing us. We have to change the topic. Uh,
1: Yeah, I am teasing you. Honestly, when, when Phil jumped in, we fangirled. A little let's like just I I arguably would would say I had some composure Nick was he was fat he's he the biggest Nick grin you could possibly <laughs> imagine like this is this is kind of crazy but yeah
0: gonna <laughs> be fun yeah looking forward to it really looking forward to it all right um let's move away from uh, e3 and it's still early um to talk about that and let's briefly talk a little bit about Xcloud do you use xCloud?
1: I do something. use xCloud. Uh, I have a, a Razer Kishi that lives in my oh, bag. Nice. Um, and it's funny enough, the first time I used xCloud, I was in a interesting hotel in Atlanta, Georgia, on a business trip. And um, I realized, I think they while I was there that week, they said, hey, it's now in beta, you can do this. And I was like, and then I realized I didn't have a pad. I didn't have a Razer Kishi at that point. So I, I got an Uber to a Target. <laughs> <laughs> and picked up this pad from the US. This one, oh, and this became my kind of XCloud pad for a while. Um, so I dropped I don't know what was it fifty bucks on it in Target and walked out. Also with several two thousand kilogram bags of caramel MMs. Um, <laughs> honestly like the bags like this it's just ridiculous i I, when i took when i got the the flight home every time there's there's a girl in my office or used to be in my office before they closed them pre-pandemic times where they were like if you're going can you get this number of m&ms and this type of (laughs) m&ms and the 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 officers at the airport they actually were like can we have a look in your bag and they were checking because i had 19 bags of m&ms Giant, it was ridiculous but xcloud uh, i was surprised at how well it worked even in those early beta days in a hotel on hotel wi-fi and i was sitting there playing some games and chatting with pals with a plug-in mm. ear in bud um and i've been pleasantly surprised at how great it works even on a train when i'm commuting if i do have to go into london if i'm up in bed and i don't want to sit and play on the tv but i want to just knock off a challenge or something like that uh it's additive i wouldn't use it as my primary playing method and it certainly suits better some types of games better than others, like games without response time being yeah. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't enjoy an online match of Halo Infinite on cloud.
0: (laughs) Yeah, probably. Um,
1: But I would thoroughly enjoy, you know, turn based games or or you know walk and talk kind of platformers that aren't, you know, relying on precision jumping, stuff like that, I think is actually really
0: good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um I also I uh, love to play um XCloud especially the those turn-based games. Uh, Octopath Traveler for instance is a game that I actually play even with the touch controls because it's yeah. t- a turn-based RPG works really well. Um I have a controller clip, you know these these clips that you where you can simply attach your phone to uh, yeah. on my nightstand. Um my <laughs> so when my wife wife wants to watch one of her series before going to bed, I just uh, play with with that uh, in bed, and I I really like XCloud, and they have announced. Well, they haven't properly announced it, but um, now I have to look his name up. Um, okay, give me a second. Uh, when I want to get that right. <laughs> um, the uh, lead of my of the Microsoft Flight Simulator, um, mm-hmm. the, the head of the the Flight Sim, actually ana- uh, said in an interview this week. Um, that xCloud is getting a native mouse and keyboard support on a system level. Uh, It's not just related to Microsoft Flight Sim, that uh, it it will be supported on a system level. with that. That's really good. Yeah, definitely.
1: It's a game changer. I haven't actually tried it because I don't need to on PC, but I imagine Mm -hmm. on my work laptop in the future, just being able to open up a browser and start playing around with some Xbox games,
0: it's a no-brainer just for the for the because i wanted to see how it runs i've tried it on my surface (laughs) um (laughs) and um it Obviously, it works. Uh, it doesn't work as good as the Android app that I have on my phone, to be honest. Uh, there's a little, little bit more latency, but um, it's still still a good, um, in between experience. And uh, now, when it gets um, mouse and keyboard support, that opens up a lot of things, like for instance, Age of Empires, my most played game in 2021. Um, yeah, stuff like why that. Why not? Yeah,
1: <laughs> why not? I mean, it's the perfect format for it to be able to just touch on the screen and drag and drop or have a little mouse and just use your work laptop or a surface with a keyboard plugged in. It's just, uh, this is what I love about this era of technology we're in is we've got all of this availability to just, you know, fill in those blank moments with something that's actually a little bit more worthwhile than a cookie cutter clicky thing game on a mobile phone. Like actually have some, something with some meat or some value to us personally behind it um i absolutely adore that uh I, more of it um and it can only get better that's the thing this technology is only going to improve yeah it, 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 uh, it's 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 going to be a great time i think to just, just to be into games for this generation yeah. it's so good
0: like you said it's all about the options it's just it isn't it isn't um pushing anything away or uh, it's just an addition, an additional option. And um, I love that they integrate more and more stuff to, to mature this technology. Um, John, one last topic before we move to the um, community co- questions. Have you heard of a little game called Redfall? I have heard of yeah, uh, have uh, heard a,
1: a, a, a little co opy game from the studio oh. that never seems to miss Exactly. Uh, Arcane Studios. It's And they um,
0: posted something this week um, on Twitter. Hmm. They are hiring big time 17 positions, lead VFX artist, um, senior environmental artists, technical animators, tons of programmers in lead positions, in senior and junior positions. Um, so posting a couple of months before the game is supposed to come out. 17 chop openings on Twitter. Do you? Is think- it a
1: cause for concern?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> um, I don't know. I haven't heard a, a single peep that Redfall is not coming when they've said it's coming, which is summer of 2022, um, which I presume is going to be August, September of 2022, right? Yeah. Um, it's important to note that with all of microsoft games i mean look at look at look at some of the recent additions to game pass um and i'll call out back for blood Fireteam yeah. aliens fire team elite whatever it's called uh anacrusis these are all cooperative uh shooters that you know are there to be jumped in, have fun with friends, yada yada yada. Is Redfall available to play through uh, with a narrative and a single player? Yes, but it's also arcane dabbling in that real multiplayer world um in in, in the you know, kind of like this new vampire-driven IP they've created. Is it a surprise to me that they maybe want to continue creating content for a title like that? No um should we be concerned i'd still probably say no um i think Microsoft would have known that posting that kind of thing would lead to that kind of conversation questions but arguably we're not going to know until we see the next gameplay trailer and and deep dive in it at you know whatever e3 ends up being so yeah. uh at this point you know like we we knew coming into 2022 that it was going to be a game a year light on finished games you know their pipeline is so stacked but things have just lagged a bit because of all of the the last couple of years i i think they would they would love to release it if they could if it ends up being delayed it ends up being delayed um it will just give them more wiggle room to just have an incredible cadence come 2023 to drop games like nobody's business. So I hope not. Um, I think it's probably more just planning for future content for something like that.
0: Yeah. Um, And we'll see. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we we can say for sure. Um, Microsoft has been very open about them being careful with release dates. So Phil Spencer has talked about this. um, Aaron Greenberg has talked about this, that they are, now that they have those, this many studios that they consider their release dates more carefully. And when they announce it, they want to make sure that they hit that target. They've learned their lessons, not just with halo, but also prior to that with other games. And so I think Microsoft wouldn't be putting out a release window, like summer 2022, if they wouldn't be uh, confident that they can actually hit it. Um, and the, that the studios is growing and hiring uh, talent um, only tells you that they have plans for other big things to come. And um, I wouldn't yeah. put it as a as a concern out there. Yeah,
1: yeah. Didn't I think the that's the su- right way to go.
0: Yeah, yeah. A super chat came in from Skate uh, elites and he says, "Redfall shadow drop at E 3
1: Nah, nah. It's too big a game. If the game, if yeah. a game is going to get shadow dropped, I would say. Goldeneye would be a prime candidate for a shadow drop at E3. I'd do the trailer and be like, available. Now. And then everyone (laughs) goes crazy, right? That that would be the one that would... Because it's nostalgic, it's fun, it's a small game, it's not going to destroy the world. Redfall is a game... They not just want to pump into game pass and get people to watch and play and stream but they're going to want the traditional marketing cycle they're going to want reviews they're going to want people to actually tell yeah. everybody what it is rather than just shadow drop it golden eyes a known quantity that's the kind of thing you would shadow drop
0: yeah yeah i agree there um i don't think um with starfield um and and Redfall being the only two big ones announced yet, and probably we will get of course Forza. So they won't just shadow drop it; they will really market this game and, like yeah. reviews, etc.
1: New IP. Um, they are going to have to go big or go home, right? So yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll All see. Right. I'm excited. It's going to be a good year. It's, you know, it's, it's going to be a game a good of Christmas. It's uh, summertime. So it's many
0: gonna be fun. Yeah, man. I. I always say, uh, if you just look at the games that have already been announced to come day one into Game Pass, those alone will keep us busy for the rest of the year. Um, there are so many great games coming, like A Blake's Tale is coming, Atomic Hearts is coming, day one. Um, so ma- so much to play. I can't wait. But, yeah, me too. Me too. And Gotham Knights just got a release date in October. Yeah. Yes, it did. <gasps> this is oh, yeah. and, and
1: a, a rumored beta got kind of... Hit, yeah. you know snuck about on steam i think so i mean we're spoilt for choice folks you know yes, and i know, you know if you're on the xbox camp side of things and maybe maybe you dip your toes into the old console wars every now and then just to see what's kicking about and you're probably seeing everybody on the playstation side having all this fun that's how they felt last year <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's, it's peaks and troughs The whole point of Microsoft's approach is to get rid of those peaks and troughs and you just got to give them that little bit more time to get there. And then, well, you'll just be playing banger after banger, hopefully.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And with that fantastic statement, I think we move over to the community questions. (laughs) All right, I, I see you. You really feel those. I, I love
1: these jingles, man. Like, I, I need oh, to yeah. get like I need to get some of some of them as like ringtones. That that last one really <laughs> that spoke to my heart.
0: <laughs> glad you enjoyed them. I'm glad you enjoy them. So the community questions, um, the community can write in each and every week uh, on Twitter, on YouTube, um, some questions um, simply to be able to be a part of the show, even if you can't make it live here. Um, And so we already had like uh, 20 questions coming from the community this week. I can't read them all, but I picked some of the best ones. And I want to say a a big thank you to everyone who wrote in. Um, And the first of the day comes in from um, Janus... Jonathan Smith, and he asks, do you think we as the market are doing a sufficient job on telling game companies with our wallet what practices we don't like in the industry? It seems to me like people love to talk about their dislike for things like microtransactions, but never seem to get enough of the market to stop purchasing them.
1: me. Uh, so we're we're talking about bad practices, right? And bad practices
0: like microtransactions, price <sighs> increases, <it>. NFTs.
1: <laughs> oh man, this is it's it's such a difficult thing to 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 counter towards, right? Because mm. end of the day, games have to make money in order to be made, right? And this is yeah. why modern large AAA companies and publishers are so risk averse where they'll make something that's been you know played and and refined to to almost where it's lost its character and i think that's why Elden ring has been such a breath of fresh air for a lot of the critics out there is that it, it ignores all the tropes of what you would consider to be an open world map map game i've heard the phrase used um but when we talk about things like um microtransactions and voting with wallet i bought the cat in halo all right okay come at me all right I, i'm 37 years old i have disposable income i like cats now is it does it is it a mark of shame it certainly is amongst my peer my peers my friends i oh, you, know, <laughs> you know always getting trolled about it but it's my money i'll do what the hell i like with it so yeah. i understand that argument right um i think i admire gaming companies that try and put out a product that is either fair in its pricing if if that is the you know if it's free to play i understand that stuff has to exist it's games where they'll come out and it's a fully paid for game and then they give you this option and then they generate psychologically this this element of fomo right fear of missing out where oh if i don't buy it now then i'm going to miss out and all my friends are going to have x y and z those are the ones where i'm like there should be more pushback from the community on these kind of things um i think a a prime example of, of that is whenever i see Game developers hiring psychologists or economists mm-hmm. to help drive game design. That is effectively a, a, an admission to we are out to manipulate you and how you yes. interact with the product. <laughs> yeah. that That's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. You know, like what happened to the world where games were just fun? You know, and a game can just be what it is. And you look at the feedback that Halo Infinite's got over the last few months and with, in terms of roadmap and the struggles the game has had everyone was singing its praises pre-Christmas. But then the realisation sunk in that, oh, they did this really cool PR move to release it a month early. But now they've had to stretch that season that was only meant to be this long to twice as long. So three month season into a six month season. And then people are going, well, where's the content? And it's like, well, everyone wanted to just release the game early, I'm really happy with it. But now we've not got enough content to really justify that. And plus, we're trying to fix all these other things. And it mm. creates this really negative feeling where we're seeing the population drop off because one minute they're screaming that the, the progress for the battle pass isn't fast enough. So they speed it up and now they're done. And now they don't yeah. want to. And it's almost become this world where, oh, you're not playing games for fun anymore. You're playing them because it's a job because you've got to get the thing and you've got to tick the box and you've got to do the strike or you've got to do the challenge. And then you stop mm. and then you come back next week because you've got to log in and cl- 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 clock clock in, the, do the, yeah. the job. weekly
0: challenge. And yeah,
1: and I get that as game design to promote people coming back, but it's also, I don't need a second job. I've already got mm. three dad, Xbox <laughs> era, actual work. I don't need another job. I need games that respect my time. And even as someone who loves something like sea of thieves, I love it because it's fun and it doesn't care about levels or checklists mm. or anything like that. It's, but, but it also doesn't respect my time. So I, I'm in two minds about it, but it doesn't at least try to manipulate me. And when they did introduce a pay for store, it was, it's all cosmetic. It all doesn't really matter. So yeah, it's a really difficult, everyone's going to have a different opinion on it. What, what, what's your take? It is.
0: Yeah. Um, I i always say, yeah, we should vote with our wallet. I, Nintendo is a perfect example. Uh, oh. Yeah. I, <laughs> I complain so much about Nintendo. And then I end up buying again the 3D Mario collection and this and that game again, again and again. Um, so I'm definitely part of the problem, even though I'm I'm complaining. And uh that just is just shows you they know how to manipulate you, they know how to lure you in and, and still get your money. Um it's yeah, I the Nick's got a phrase. <laughs> yeah, Nick's, Nick's <laughs> got a
1: phrase. He says yeah. he says uh xbox, no S- sony fans are blindly loyal and this is this is nick so i'm going i'm just quoting him so don't come at yeah. me with these words sony fans are blindly loyal nintendo fans are begrudgingly loyal and <laughs> xbox fans will kill you if you do something wrong microsoft so don't even try and and that i think that is part and parcel because of how microsoft interacts with the community that yeah. nintendo are in this really neat position where their ips are so beloved and their games are often so high quality that exactly. when they re-release it again for sixty dollars, you know, with shinier graphics or whatever, everyone that is a die-hard Nintendo fan goes, "Oh, you bastards!" But that's such a good game, and then they'll just buy it anyway.
0: Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. Just what it is. So it's saying um, vote with your wallet is is an easy thing. Um, in reality, it is a little bit uh, harder. Um, I think. What imp- What is really important is, and I see that, um, especially in the Xbox community, very well is just uh, speak up. Um, it's not just about voting with your wallet; it's also about getting vocal. We have these these instruments now with social media that we can express our likes and dislikes, and um, I think that is that is an important part of the feedback as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, completely agree. You mentioned Halo, the next question coming in from Tornado 138 says, Hey guys, some sources are saying many of the contractors who were working on Halo Infinite have left the studio and only one third of the team have been working on Season 2. And that's the reason why Season 2 is called Lone Wolves. What do you guys think about these problems at 343?
1: (sighs) Okay uh i I mean i can speak to some of this so Mm. i know boxer i'm not sure if you're aware right but uh i have i actually got the pleasure to fly out to 343 in 2020 just before the lockdown kicked off um and i was working oh yeah well i'm in the credits for the game which was one hell of a life goal right from someone who played halo for the first time age 16 and it blew my tiny little mind Mm. uh to being flown out to the studio to help um playtest and and provide feedback on the next iteration of Forge for Halo Infinite um, was a moment, right? It was like, wow, I can't believe I get to do this. Um, And I can't talk about what Forge will end up being. Uh, I can't speak to anything that's going on at the moment. There's a lot of things at play here. So do Microsoft use contractors? Yes. Uh, There are things called tenure laws which is how long a contractor can remain as a contractor yeah. at a company. And if they go beyond that threshold, they have to be offered a full-time position. So they they're often let go. Yeah. I don't know anything about that rumor that a third of staff contractors have been let go. And that's why it's called low rules. I think that's probably nonsense. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, this content has probably been planned out for a while to my knowledge. Um, What i would say is that uh contracting law isn't a microsoft law it's a united Mm -hmm. states law right so um there's a there's an argument to be made that i'll just hire these people and you know and secure the talent but a lot of game developers and game companies use contracted labor uh to do this contingent labor to do this and it's just one of those things um the, the thing you have to at least have faith in is that the people that are behind the core design and the core decisions, the the core talent mm-hmm. are still remaining in their roles and, and pushing that talent further. I think it is just a case of they want to launch things when they're ready and they want to respect their teams. There was probably a fair amount of effort to get Halo Infinite out over the line. Um, and look, I, as a Halo fan, I want more content and I want it sooner too. Um, but I it is what it is I do know I think the forge launching is going to be the big moment for Halo Infinite this year um and I'm really looking forward to being able to talk more about it at some point in in that near future um but just you know unfortunately Microsoft fans were used to this just wait, <laughs> just, <Yeah>. wait.
0: <laughs> just wait just wait um see on the contractor contra- uh, thing, um, I don't think we should em- overemphasize this. I've seen a lot of podcasts uh, lately talk about this. Um, and it is a totally normal thing in uh, in game development because uh, there are different phases in in-game development where you will need yep. more or less staff. Um, let's take, for instance, you don't need... Um, people that uh, create assets like textures and stuff over the entire course of your game development cycle yeah you just need at some point you need like uh, a couple of guys making five thousand different trees and after, after that um yeah you don't need them anymore so having different kind of staff play testing is for instance also something yeah of course there is a different kind of uh, intensity in in, in playtesting your game prior to launch and post launch, yeah. Um, you don't need the same amount of staff, and that's why contractors come in. And um, so I wouldn't overemphasize this part. Um, the thing with I understand the community um, about Halo not having um, enough content um, right now. Um, the thing is if you compare it to other shooters out there like your Fortnites, your Apex, your Warzones etc, they bring you uh, on a month more or less on a monthly basis um new content to look forward to and of course uh Halo Infinite is getting compared to the, those kind of games. Yeah. Um I still think Microsoft or three for three had something different in mind um when with with Halo Infinite and that there are multiple things going on right now yeah probably they have not at some point the best management but there's also other things happening um like uh, the pandemic that uh, hit them really hard and uh, other things so it's always a combination of that i understand the uh, the um the fan base but like you said um sometimes xbox fans simply have to wait <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> we're used to it all right come on we're, used we're to experts it. now we're, we're used experts. to
0: it definitely um all right uh, it- The next question comes in from you and is more technical related. Um, And he says with games like Elden Ring showing the importance of load times from repeatedly dying. Do you think we could see an Xbox series revision that uses a PCI Express 4 uh, instead of the current one? uh, um, It is uh, that. Oh, pardon me, there is a quite significant delta in between Sony and Xbox, um, and it seems to have been an oversight in the initial design compared to its main competitor. So, basically, let me rephrase the question. Is uh, the, the SSD speed enough um, for this uh, generation, or is it an issue um, over the course of this generation, when especially compared to the PlayStation? What do you think? <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm not technically enough to really give an an answer as to whether it makes a material difference or not. I would say that uh, tests have been performed on stuff that was only possible on the PlayStation 5 SSD with a much slower SSD, and it works exactly the same. So, uh, look, Microsoft don't just make games for console. They make games across all of their studios. Everything releases, PC and Xbox, same time. Um, and people on PC won't always have an SSD, so mm. it's all about scaling up, scaling down, taking advantage of the platform, and having a standardised connector. Will they look at some revision where one box is faster? Yeah, maybe, but they won't specifically code to the faster part because your primary consumer base won't have it, right? You know, it, it's not a big enough selling leader. point. Yeah, yeah it's it is just what it is. So I don't think it's going to make a blind bit of difference in terms of what we get and even with all of this switch is the number one selling console month <laughs> on month and it's yeah. a slow a low powered yeah technologically wise
0: crap <laughs> yeah. so yeah
1: and people love it so what does it matter if my game loads two seconds faster than another game it's much better than anything we've ever had in the console space before. Yeah. Uh, I'm really not that concerned. And I don't think that the disparity or the Delta between the two platforms is really worth all the song and praise. I think that is some really great Sony marketing mm-hmm. coming through there. Um, it is what it is.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of it is definitely marketing. Like you said, um, it's the only technical spec where there is an actual delta uh, in between uh, where yep. Sony has an advantage over the Xbox. So, Of course, this is a big focus of, of the marketing. In reality, I don't think it makes a big difference. Um, It would make a difference if actual game design really relied on having an SSD. We haven't seen that so far. And especially on the Sony side of things, just yesterday at the State of Play, they have talked about their cross-gen games in 2023. So all of those run on a regular HD drive. Um, So it's it's really just about load times. And don't get me wrong, I love short load times. We have gotten used to it now. It's hard to go back. It's glorious. Um, People um, often forget that even the SSD in the Xbox is a super fast SSD. You have to pay real good money on the market to get uh, an SSD with 2.4 gigabits per second in your PC. So it's not like this is a a low-speed SSD. This is still a very um, high-speed and fast SSD that they have built in. And having said that all... We also still are in that phase where we haven't seen any game released that is actually making full advantage of the GDK uh, that Xbox um, has delivered with uh, the serious consoles. I mentioned this earlier. I do think we will see this later this year. All the Xbox exclusive games that will come out in the future are next gen only and they will Games like a Starfield, yeah. I expect those to really take advantage of what the velocity architecture can actually provide. Uh, but I don't think that is it is a design flaw uh, in in the Xbox Series consoles because again, it's a fast SSD, and I appreciate them saving that money on the even faster SSD and putting it in. Um, the other components like GPU and CPU, which is is um, higher spec there. So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly right, exactly right, completely agree.
0: Good. So one last question um, before I th- uh, we we close the show off. Um, it comes in from Lost Forever Place, um, and he says, "I'm worried about being pushed on PlayStation in." Spartacus paying 120 uh, a year just to keep safe and PS Plus games when I don't play online. Is anyone else worried or is it just me? Um, I want to rephrase uh, that question again. Do you think um, s- with all that we have heard from, for instance, Jeff Grubb um, talking about it, um, that Spartacus is actually worth its money? Um, I mean um mm, so
1: it depends it depends right if if it's just a game subscription service um with some cloud gaming and and they they yeah. kind of pull in ps now and ps plus and everything else but they don't give you day one games i i i i don't know it feels like more like padding their numbers a bit to say oh well our new ps you know ps yeah. platinum service has x number of subscribers because we've merged the two subscriber bases whatever but sony is not microsoft sony has mm. sony pictures has Crunchyroll animation you know they've got a lot of different things that they can go okay well we're going to create a general sony subscription that gives you the best of everything that we do so sony music sony films sony anime sony games and then there's a different value proposition at play that Microsoft mm. don't necessarily have you know, a hat in the ring for. They, they give you perks like Spotify, and Disney plus and stuff like that. Yeah. But they're only perks to eventually go and subscribe for another subscription service, right? Three months, <laughs> six months. Yeah. So I, I'm very curious. I think that the whole fact that Spartacus exists is proof in the pudding that game pass has made a big difference is a sustainable mm. business model. Um, I think Sony's fear is that they – I don't want to come across console worry, so I'm I'm trying to be very careful with my words. Have a look and have a think about how long it takes PlayStation to generally make the types of games they make. And this is nothing but praise. These are refined, polished, exquisite, Titles for their audience, their bread and butter. They know what they do. Yeah. They take five to six years, often, to make. Um, and what we've seen now is that we're we're seeing sequels where they're coming out in less time and they're more iterative rather than revolutionary. There's still the same level of polish, but they need to start recouping some of this money. They cannot afford in 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 terms of modern development cost this these extended development times anymore which is why we've seen them make more acquisitions and then why we're seeing them not leaving the money on the table anymore with pc and i think we're going to start seeing things like you know oh game x comes out and then we'll follow it up with a huge chunk of content in the same engine because you know we've immediately got to work on that straight after the main game is shipped to keep that revenue going while the, the pre-production team's working on the next title because they have to keep this going. Yeah. Um, and this is because they don't want to, or they're not in a position to yet, I think to really put their games on day one because they need the upfront cost covered. Yeah. Um, having said that again, Sony fans super, super loyal, I think more than any other platform holders <laughs> fan base. And I think if they did do day one games, I think people would love it people would just buy it because the sony yeah. quality is appreciated and loved in the industry mm. um and you know for all of the talk of 110 million ps4 sold has 110 million copies of god of war sold
0: yeah no no 25 yeah 25 i think that was that it was spider-man and god of war was a little bit less than that so So if you can can build a world
1: where you're selling 110 million consoles, instead of worrying about selling 110 million copies of game, you start pushing your subscription service to say, actually, we want people to be giving us recurring money Mm -hmm. month on month. And we want to hit 60, 70 million of our 110 million customer base. That is more money than selling 20 copies at $60 because it's recurring year on year. And they need to be able to get to that point. So, I'm very curious to see what they end up doing, um, but you know, I'm not a business analyst. I'm just looking at this from a same point of view that anyone else in in the community would mm-hmm. look at it. Um, but yeah, super interesting time, best generation, most competitive. Absolutely. I absolutely, love all this. Back and, and in forth. the end,
0: yeah, and in the end, we as the gamers are the winners from that healthy competition. Absolutely. Um, and um, just to close this off and, and briefly give my thoughts, it uh, is it is a a discussion I've seen many times uh, now with uh, Spartacus not having day one games. At least we assume it won't have uh, them. Is it worth the money? Is it the same um, uh, like game pass? Um, I don't think we necessarily need to look at it like this. Um, I have all the consoles. I have the PlayStation, I have Xbox, I have the Nintendo switch and I have a good PC. So I can really choose to play wherever I want. My main platform is the Xbox. Um, and I use my PlayStation as an exclusive platform. For me, it's probably not the value I'm looking for if there aren't day one games uh, in there. For someone who owns a PlayStation only, um, it can still be a very good value to have a 10 or 15 uh, euros um, or dollars or whatever um, uh, per month subscription and get like a couple of hundred games. Would... We have to ask ourselves, if we wouldn't have Game Pass um, or Game Pass wouldn't have Day 1 titles, would it still be worth um, the 13 or $15 we pay? Yeah, probably, because there are still a lot of good games in there. It wouldn't be the same like it is today, but um, there are probably still enough gamers out there that see value in that. And like you said, I don't think um, that Sony has the financial capabilities at the moment to put them in day one, um, especially when they don't have uh, high subscriber numbers. As I always say there's at some point there is a break even point, but you have to have a couple of million subscribers to <laughs> your subscription for service before it comes profitable. So yeah, um, it, it, it it will be interesting to see what Sony will end up doing with that. But man, John, it's been absolutely awesome uh, to have you on. Um, We are in the show for, yeah, uh, over 100 minutes now. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, Oh,
1: mate, absolute pleasure. It's flown by. Um, And, you know, I often don't get a chance to talk as much when I'm I'm doing a podcast with Nick. So it's nice to, you know, to be able to (laughs) breathe a little and
0: and relax and get a bit chatty and ranty. Yeah. Um, It's
1: good. It's been fun. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, again, thanks for coming. And in case anyone wants to see what um, John does, I have all his links in the description of the show note. So you can find him on Twitter, uh, of course, Xbox Era, and the YouTube channel and so on. Um, Again, thanks for having me. Let people know again what is coming up this Saturday. (laughs)
1: Thank you for letting me plug this one more time. This Saturday uh, at 11 p.m. GMT, so that'd be midnight for folks in Europe. Sorry, it's so late. Yeah. Um, and I think, I don't know what time it is in the US. I just, it's too far away for me to worry about. But 11pm GMT, you guys can do the math. Uh, it's our 100th episode of the Xbox Hero podcast. We are having lots and lots of friends who have been on previously popping by um, and expect to see some very, very funny. I've seen some of them already. Um, I think it will be, it's just me and Nick but we will also be having a a special guest popping by to congratulate us, which is uh, Mr. Phil Spencer himself, which uh, is something that we did not think was ever going (laughs) to happen. Um, And we're absolutely stoked that he was willing to give up some of his time, even just to pop in and, and congratulate us. But he might have some little things, little nuggets of information that folks might be interested in. So pop on by and we're currently all steaming to be able to give the community one more very special surprise, something we've been working on for 10 something months that we're hoping to launch uh, shortly after the show uh, for our community. Um, I won't say any more than that, but uh, I, I literally got the link just before I jumped on this show and I was like, and then, yeah, I got very excited. So we, we, we are doing our best. We've got three days to really polish it to get it to that point but fingers christ we'll see what we can do but thank you ever so much and, and everyone for for checking it out and obviously for coming out and hanging out with me in boxenburger it's been an absolute pleasure
0: yes it has and um, i'm really looking forward to this I, I probably won't watch it live like you said it's midnight but i will definitely watch it on sunday um can't wait uh, again big congratulations for reaching the hundred thank you 100th episode and getting Phil on this is a big account, uh, achievement. So, and again, thanks for your time. Thanks, everyone in chat, for the awesome discussions. Thank you so much for the super chats, just and of course, just for hanging out with us. Um, the, this is what what drives the show. It, it is you, the community. You guys really are awesome. And we always have such a great and well behaved chat. I really Very appreciate it. Yes. yes. Very well
1: behaved. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Indeed, indeed. And a big part of that is, of course, my moderators. I want to also say a big thank you um, to Mr. Joanna, da, Crazy Louis, and Fireboss. Uh, they help keep the streets of World of Gaming safe. Thanks, guys. And, yeah, I will see you guys next week. We will have um, Ainsley from Season Gaming on here at the World of Gaming at our regular time, so uh, one hour earlier than we started today. (laughs) But, um, yeah, again, thanks, everyone, for hanging out with us, and i see you guys next week. And don't forget to game on. Thanks.